you're very welcome along to the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on the Saturday morning. Pori, good morning good to morning, you. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners. How are things? Things are great. Yeah. Great. Looking forward to a few dry days. Yeah. Is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, intrigued somewhat as to how they can be so specific to tell us that the rain that's coming during the week will be after dark. But anyway, hopefully they're true to their word. It's a fabulous uh, gardener's weather forecast, that, isn't it? You can garden all day and the rain comes at night time. So it's okay. brilliant. But looking, all joking aside, it has been a very, very wet August. Uh, people have struggled to keep the lawns trimmed and to get out into the garden. So my advice really for the next couple of days is to get on top of those couple of jobs that we've been neglecting, including myself, uh, for over the last uh, two or three weeks because it's been very difficult. Just even simple tasks like getting out uh, to, to trim the lawns. And, gr- and growth has been very strong. You'll see it in your own lawns. You'll see it on things like weeds and in shrubs. Uh, plants have been actually growing really, really well over the last three weeks. So my advice really this weekend is get out there, get the lawn mowed. That's mm-hmm. the first thing. With the wet weather we've had, of course, the moss is going to be coming back. So do put up an application of the zero on now. That's important. Um, because remember, moss starts to grow at this time of year yeah. and has been growing actually for the last couple of weeks. But particularly from now on, um, if you treat it now, it's not going to be a problem in the spring. So my advice is always to treat lawn moss in particular uh, in the autumn, anytime through September, October is the ideal time to to uh, apply the zero because it's like pulling a weed in February and pulling that same weed in July. There's a hell of a difference and the same applies with moss. If you allow it to grow through the winter period, it's going to be a serious problem next March and April. So nip it in the bud now. My advice is to get the lawns mowed this weekend. Um, you might have to cut them twice because with the length of grass, you may have to raise the blades give it a, a trim, yeah. collect the grass and ideally then trim again. But do get the, the uh, lawn treatment on, get the zero on, that'll, that'll nip up that moss in the bud. Remember it, it kills the moss overnight without damaging the lawn, uh, without kind of turning it black. And I would normally repeat the zero then sometime around Christmas. So do it now, do it again at Christmas okay. time and you just keep it there's no raking, there's no messing. You just literally, you're nipping the, the moss. You're stopping it from spreading, right. which is really what we're trying to do at this time of year. So get out there, get the lawns mowed. Um, the other thing I would feed the lawn as well, so you can put on an autumn lawn feed again if you just want to give it a nice green colour. Now, lawns are, are great at the moment. They are showing great green colour. Mm. But if you do want to give it a little bit of a feed, you can put on something like the Osmo as well, just to give it a little bit of uh, colour for the autumn period. The other task... I did actually last weekend was I watered my own containers because lots of it's funny. Do, do we need to be watering we do, containers? And I was surprised how dry they were. And okay, per, interesting. Because if you think about it, hanging baskets, uh, patio containers, they're full of colour at the moment. The roots have penetrated all of the compost. And even though the weather has been relatively wet, most of pots and containers are in some sort of rain shadow. They're not getting the full degree of rain. And we've kind of left them to their own devices. So if you've got tubs and containers, my advice is because they will still continue to flower for another six weeks, uh, right up to the end of October. So I would wash them and liquid feed them or certainly just check them uh, to see are they actually getting a little bit dry. If they are, give them a good washing, give them a feed as well, a liquid feed like a tomato feed Mm. because that's going to prolong the colour, particularly things like begonias, dahlias. They're brilliant at the moment in giving stunning colour, which they will right through to the end of October, maybe into November. But they do need a bit of watering. If you've got fruit in any of pots containers, they also require plenty of moisture at this time of year. And plants that flower in the springtime, like rhododendrons, camellias, magnolias, they're producing their flower buds 
as we speak. Right. So keep those really well watered and keep them really well fed okay. at this time of year. Because again, it's a question we always get in the springtime. Like my camellia didn't flower. They are a woodland plant. They like to be kept really moist. So if they're in pots and tubs and containers, give them a good soaking this weekend. Give them a feed as well and that'll keep them going. So they're the sort of, the other key thing I'm going to do this weekend myself is get on top of the weeds because the weeds have been growing. Um, so get out uh, the garden hoe, the wolf garden hoe, scuffle up the weeds now, stop them from producing seed. Weeds are most, are most vulnerable in the autumn time, particularly if they're producing seed themselves, as many of them are. So if you apply a traditional weed killer like weed free or um, get out the garden hoe, it's a good time of year to stop them being a problem later on in autumn and particularly spring of next year. So it's very much that sense of kind of tidying up the garden, garden, water the plants that are in pots and containers. And it's also the weather conditions at the moment are perfect for the sowing of seeds. So we we're talking about last week about the sowing of wildflower seeds, but many seeds can still be sown this time of year. Okay. A lot of um, plants for colour next year and particularly vegetables mm. can be sown from the seed um, um, particularly this weekend or over the next couple of weeks. It's also the time to plant fruit. So we all associate the, the planting of fruit, the harvesting of fruit. So the apples are beginning to ripen mm-hmm. now, so you can start picking those. And um, Pears will fruit or will, will be ready later in October, in November. They often benefit from a bit of frost uh, before you harvest them. Plums you'd have already picked now and most of the soft fruit would have been picked. But it's a really good time of year for planting fruit in the garden. So things like rhubarb, this is a great time. So there's two really good varieties to plant at this time of year. If you want to kind of extend the fruiting period of rhubarb because it tends to fruit in the springtime. So there's a lovely variety called Pink Champagne. Mm-hmm, sounds which lovely. is absolutely delicious. It's really, really sweet and people often look for a sweet variety. So that's a really pink-sticked variety of rhubarb called Pink Champagne. This is the time of year to plant it. It's an early cropping variety as is Timberly Early which again is ready in March. Um, plant the Pink Champagne as well and another great variety for later on in during the summer is one called Victoria after the Queen and it's a real old variety um, an English variety but a really good heavy cropper um, slightly more green but it, it fruits later in uh, May and June when the other two are, are finished cropping so rhubarb it's the time to plant blueberries this is the time we harvest, harvest blueberries yes. the, the fruit are on blueberries at the moment and um, but it's also a great time of year for planting them. So varieties like Blue Crop, Pink Lemonade, which I featured on the programme uh, back in late summer. So yes. Pink Lemonade is a pink blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's truly pink. It's it's a br- bright, vivid pink, pink. colour. Okay. It's extremely sweet. It's probably one of the best um, blueberry or pink berries to grow in pots and containers because pink lemonade only grows about two feet in height so it's quite a short compact variety of blueberry it's pink in color it's extremely sweet it fruits twice in the year so it flower it fruits in early summer and again at this time okay, of year okay so you kind of get a double bubble out you of do it. and kids absolutely love it because it's a real novel plant because it's pink in colour it's pink lemonade it's really sweet it's a self-fertile variety so you only need one but if you've got other blueberries in your garden then why not grow one of these and the kids will just get a great kick out of of growing it so that's pink lemonade it's a pink 
coloured blueberry. I have to think about that every time I say it. Um, it's got pinky white flowers as well, which is quite nice. And stunning autumn colour, which most of the blueberry plants have. They turn the colour of Virginia creeper mm-hmm. in autumn. So they've got these fantastic autumnal curls. So if you never even grew it for its fruit, mm. it's a beautiful shrub to, to have, have in your in your garden. The, any variety of blueberry, but particularly that pink lemonade turns a f- stunning uh, orange colour, but it's, it's quite sweet. And would the birds be fond of it as well? And um, Birds are, are fond of blueberries, but blueberries tend to fruit over a long period. So they're not like strawberries that come within a couple of weeks. Mm. So you're picking blueberries for nearly five or six weeks. So they tend, so even the, the birds might get an odd one, okay. they're not going to get them all. Right. So, and, and they tend to be quite heavy croppers. Um, but this is the time to plant blueberries and um, there's another one called Progress Blue which is a lovely blue variety it's a late flowering or a late cropping one as well Loganberries Taberries have you tasted Taberries? I've never tasted a Tabery but I, I and do you know why the reason that is you won't get them to buy in the shops or very very seldom you get them to buy in, in the shops because the Tabery is a cross between the wild blackberry mm-hmm. and a raspberry and Tabery was, was actually bred by a Scottish gentleman and it's named after the Tay River in Scotland. Okay. So there's a little bit of there's a history lo- for you. There's a little bit of horticultural but history. Tabery is never grown commercially because it cannot be harvested by machine. So strawberries can, or, or raspberries can, they, they can put in a machine to, to crop the raspberries. Yeah. But the Tabery, because of the fruit, it tends to be a, a bit like a blackberry. It's quite dark in colour. Yes quite firm and it's difficult to get off the, the, the off bush. The, now it's right. easy to pick for you and I to pick yeah. but for machines so you very seldom get it to buy in the shops um, so therefore I'm not surprised you haven't I've tasted I've never them, tasted But they're tabery. well worth tasting. Okay. They're tart okay. in flavour quite a large fruit make fantastic jam you can eat them raw as well they're as easy to grow as a raspberry or a blackberry in the garden they grow on canes but absolutely stunning I had a feed of those last autumn in the Phoenix Park in the uh, Victorian Garden great fun we, we did a piece um, from the garden and they had a fantastic crop of tayberries they also had loganberries as well which were very similar but well worth growing this is the time to plant them if you want something a little bit different in terms of raspberry, there's a yellow variety of raspberry called Falls Gold. It's a beautiful, yellow variety. bright yellow variety. Yeah, really, really nice. Again, something different. Again, if you kind of want something interesting, maybe for the children, you think of raspberries as being red or pink. Yep. This is a bright yellow variety. It's and does it ex- taste similar? Very, very sweet. Yeah. It's a lovely, sweet flavour. And it's one called Falls Gold. Okay. Falls has been autumn. Yep. So it's an autumn raspberry. And autumn raspberries are the easiest to grow because you simply pick the fruit in the autumn and you cut them back to within six inches of soil level and you forget about them for another year. And they could grow in the spring. They flower their fruit. This time of year, you pick your crop and you cut them back, back again then. to six inches. So they're absolutely easy to grow, and um, but full of flavour and, and something different. So this is the time of year, I suppose, to start plant- thinking about. I mentioned a lot of soft fruit there. Mm. And gooseberries can be planted, of course, this time of year. Raspberries, loganberries, tayberries, black currants, um, all of those. But also top fruit like apples, pears, plums, cherries. We have a fantastic climate for growing fruit. Uh, in Ireland, particularly in the west of Ireland. And do we make enough of it? Is we question. don't, really. We don't yeah. grow enough. I mean, we've, I mean, if you go to your local, local supermarket and you look where your apples come from in your pears. Yeah, and your, I know. Um, I was actually in uh, Lissadell House last Sunday and in the garden, in the Victorian garden in Lissadell, they have a fantastic uh, area with um, pears. The pears are ripening 
on so it's a walled garden Victorian old Victorian walled okay, garden and are they espaliered they're espaliered yeah. onto the walls and the, there, there must be 40 fruit on each of the pear trees oh, absolutely fabulous. loaded with, with fruit so they grow very very well here in Ireland um, and, and particularly in the west of Ireland we've got a great climate particularly for soft fruit yep. raspberries blackcurrants gooseberries all of those rhubarb in particular look, loves our west of Ireland climate so my, my message really is this is the time of year for planting fruit in your garden. You can grow so many of them in pots and containers, particularly for, particularly for varieties like pink lemonade that's short and compact in stature. Strawberries do very well in tubs and containers as well. But you can also plant them out into the garden soil. And you can incorporate some of them in amongst your shrubs. You don't have to have a fruit garden. You can put a couple of blueberries in through other shrubs because they're very decorative at different times of the year. Okay. So that's the type of thing. Um, vegetables, again, coming into autumn. You've, so we're saying some of the sets are coming in, are they? The Japanese onion sets are actually in at the moment. Um, and they're a variety of set that you plant at this time of year. They grow through the winter period through the spring and you harvest them in late spring, early summer. So they're ready to harvest when onions are actually dear to buy in the shop. So around, they're ready to harvest generally at the end of April, May sort of period, that kind of early summer period. So they're Japanese onion sets. You plant them now, you can plant them out of doors, you can plant them in window boxes if you want, um, plant them out into the garden soil or plant them in your tunnel or greenhouse if you wish. And they make full size, large onions. You can pick them as scallions through the winter and then let them let some of them mature to full-size onions in the uh, in, in early summer. So they're available at the moment. Garlic can be planted this time of year as well. Winter lettuce plants are available. There's a great cabbage that's available at the moment called Pixie, which is a small, compact variety, small heading variety, which is perfect for winter use. And remember, it's not too late to sow the seeds of things like speedy veg, Kale can be st- still planted now. Spring cabbages can be planted at this time of year from seed if you want. We've got the perfect climate and temperatures at the moment to get those to germinate. So though they're the sort of things I would be doing in the garden. Okay, lots uh, and over, lots and lots. <laughs> over the weekend or over the next couple of dry days. But look, get out, particularly with the lawns, get out and get them mowed, get them uh, treated with a zero and um, kind of get the garden tidied up and keep an eye on the weeds as well. And don't forget to water plants that you've got in containers. Check them first of all. If they feel heavy, then that's fine. They're perfectly fine. Give them maybe a liquid feed. But if you've got them up against walls or under any sort of rain shadow, do check them because if you feed them and wash them now, you are going to get another six weeks from them. Okay, that's great. Summer hasn't gone just yet. It hasn't gone yet. Okay, I know it might feel like it has. But uh, right, well, well, hopefully that will come to pass. But yeah, very good advice because I would have think probably a lot of people uh, would be thinking along the similar lines of myself in that they wouldn't need a whole lot more watering yeah. but they would have gotten sufficient. And just deadhead them as well yeah. if there are old flowers on them just give them a bit of a deadheading and that kind of re-energises them and brings them back again. Questions and I see lots of uh, pictures as well so we'll come to those in a second. Last week Pork we got a picture in on the programme to identify a particular plant which happens fairly regularly now and it was a plant if memory serves that had been given out. Um, I wasn't sure if it was uh, when the Pope was in Knock or it, but it was it was related to an event at Knock anyway and it, was. Uh, it, it triggered a whole <laughs> load you're telling me of interest during the week. I had a very, very yeah, we did, busy we, week. We, we didn't Sherlock. get a chance to identify it uh, on the programme yeah. just because it came in. Came in as a general uh, question. Yeah. Of the, yeah. And, and we t- asked t- people. T- the time factor didn't allow. But anyway, we did. T- you took a look at it afterwards. I did. And then you found out a whole lot more about I these sure plants. I did. I was intrigued. Do, do tell. I was intrigued myself. So all week long since the show last Saturday, I've had people coming into the garden centre with their knock 
plant. Mm. Um, so I got on to the good people uh, of Knock and, and, and Lavin is the horticulturist in uh, in Knock and, and, and is and her and her team keep the gardens absolutely beautiful around Knock. But Anne and the team were telling me that they actually grew a, a range of different plants from forget-me-nots to busy lizzies to begonias uh, to adjuratum to dahlias. Um, so lots and lots of plants. And they gave those away during a recent novena in Knock. And um, so I had a myriad of plants coming in from forget-me-nots to dahlias to busy lizzies, begonias. All the summer flowering plants were coming in last week okay. uh, from, from listeners and people that obviously were there on the day and received a plant um, during that, that novena. Um, so it was it was very, very interesting and people were delighted with the plant and, and wanted to know And such a were. lovely idea. It was a brilliant idea. Yeah. I thought it was an excellent idea. I'm very generous uh, and, and my understanding is I gave them away uh, free uh, during the novena. But um, So it was a whole range of different plants. The plant that came in yeah. uh, last week was Adjuratum, which had produced blue flowers during the summer. But literally there were dahlias, there were begonias, bisilizis, lots and lots of... So it plants. wasn't, because we were something the specific... The knock plant is what no, I, I was kind of calling it in my yeah, head. Which I thought week. was a brilliant idea if, if there was, if there was actually a plant, a plant that uh, was associated with knock. But it was literally a mixture of a whole a range of plants that had been grown by the team Fantastic, and not by the horticulturists right. in knock um, and that were used extensively uh, to, to plant colour in Knock this year and any excess plants then they gave away so um, but literally I had loads dozens and dozens of people in last week with their with own their individual in plant with their own individual story from the novena so it was uh, a busy week a busy, a busy week, week okay. identifying them all well lovely lovely story yeah, with, with all of that and well done to everybody who's obviously there you know when you do get a plant for an occasion like that or indeed for any occasion um, it maybe it, it behoves us a little more than to look after it Absolutely. that bit more because it has a, a relevance or it has a, a, you know, identification, a particular association with something. Oh, definitely um, people, people absolutely rather treasured. Rather than just going and buying one yourself. Treasure yeah, the plant, so absolutely, it, and, and the memory, it, the memory. It goes to show the value that and we have on and, these and things. And we're very keen to mind the plant mm. and what to do with mm. it for next year. Some of them are annual, some like the adjuratum will die at the end of the year anyway. You could collect seed from it and um, things like the dahlias will produce a tube or the begonias would produce a tuber and you could certainly save that. The forget-me-not, which is a lovely blue flowering plant, many of the forget-me-nots were just green in colour. They will flower next spring and they're totally fine out of doors. So they're quite a low plant with dark green leaves, um, cluster of leaves, and they're perfectly fine. You can plant them out of doors and they'll flower next spring. So there are a couple of different types um, that were used. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting. Okay. We've got one or two more photographs in this this morning, uh, which we've already had a look at. Yeah. Um, so one in particular is, um, it's in the garden for a few years, says Mary. Um, wondering, would you know the name of it? Um, I've not come across it anywhere else. It seems to be a kind of a grass, is it? Yeah, it's a bromeliad. It's actually related to plants in the, um, in the Amazon that, that grow in trees. Uh, so it's a plant called Fasicularia bicolor. Bicolor meaning two colours. So it's actually got red and green it in It looks the like a mayo plant to me. It does actually. That would be a good way to describe it. So it's a grassy foliage plant, um, two colours, both red and um, green foliage. The, the, the green foliage turns that vivid red colour as it matures. And it actually produces a small flower, kind of a purpley blue flower as it age, like most bromeliads. Um, so it's an outdoor plant. I would grow it in a pot or container. I keep it kind of, it's semi-tender. 
So, you know, not, not a plant to plant out into the garden soil necessarily, better kept in a pot or container close to the house, um, good gritty soil, and it will survive out of doors then for the winter it can be, can be left. So. Michelle is listening to us in Shepherd's Bush in London. Good morning, Michelle. Um, she sent us a photograph as well of geraniums that have been planted out, I think. She has them in pots and in the garden. They've grown very big. Definitely a healthy oh, looking geranium. Well. Yeah. I'm wondering, can she cut them down and tidy them up? Yeah, but they're still flowering and they will continue to flower for another six weeks. And in, in London, I wouldn't expect the frost for another couple of weeks yet. So my advice really is to take some cuttings from your geraniums. And this is a great time of year to take some slips or cuttings roughly about six inches long, strip off the leaves and flowers, they'll dip them in a little bit of rooting powder. Geraniums benefit from, once you take the cutting, to leave them for about seven or eight hours to dry and then insert them into a mixture of perlite and compost with a little bit of rooting powder. They'll root on a, a windowsill indoors so you can leave the mother plants, as it were, out of doors, let them continue to flower until November and indeed you could just leave them out and let the frost knock them back, kill them back in the, the winter. But have the young slips then coming on for next year. So they're still giving lots of colour. I wouldn't be tempted to take them in just yet. Leave them for at least another five or six weeks. The simple thing is to take some cuttings and root them and then you've got yourself new plants for next year. And the beauty about taking them from cuttings, they'll be exactly the same colour and habit as those plants are. Okay, so, so it comes true to type. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Now, uh, cattle broke into my lawn. It needs to be sprayed and then reseeded. Oh, Can I wow. do it now or should I wait until next spring? Well, look at the, the sowing of, of lawns is really dictated more by weather conditions than it is by season. So what you what you want is relatively dry weather to be able to work the soil because once you spray it off, you'll have to till it to be able to re-level it and fill in those bare those patches that the cattle have, have uh, destroyed. So yes, you can do it at this time of year. We would need kind of a week or two of dry weather. So if, if you're to spray it, first of all, spray it with um, Weed Free 360. So that can be put on on a dry day. It'll kill the grass and any weeds within seven days. And then it's good to till or good to till over. Mm. And you can sow lawn seed anytime through September, October, into the early part of November. So we've got kind of a six or eight week window. If we get a, a relatively dry period, you could certainly sow a lawn. The seed will germinate in the autumn and you'll have a fantastic lawn by next spring. Um, you'll be cutting it next April type of thing, March, April of next year. So if the weather conditions allow you, certainly do it this autumn. Mm. If not, you're leaving it over then till next spring, kind of March, April sort of period. So I would be kind of uh, you take know, a chance. Take a chance. Yeah, I'd be inclined to do it. Spray it with with the, with the dry weather that we're going to have for the next couple of days, and then once we get a a little bit of dry weather, the soil dries, till over that that um, soil, and sow the seeds, and you'll have a a great lawn before Christmas. Fantastic. Now, um, a couple of questions here. What flowers and shrubs would be good to have flowering in a garden in early May, and also a good hedge to plant at the front of a house, south facing, to give privacy. Okay. Well, when it comes to hedges, it all it goes back. Back to the, the height that you ultimately want uh, the hedge to grow to or what sort of privacy you want. So if you want something, say, up to four or five feet, then you need to pick a hedge that's going to be relatively slow growing. So it may take a number of years to actually get established. But if you some, put something in like laurel or lilandii or something vigorous, then you're going to be constantly mowing it back. So depending on the ultimate height di- dictates the type of hedge to put in. So if you want something up to four or five feet, I'm thinking of Portuguese laurel, would be excellent. You could put in grisselinia. The very good grisselinia makes a beautiful hedge. Because it's south-facing, something flowering, 
there's a lovely plant called Viburnum tinus that actually flowers through the winter period. So it's evergreen. It's got leaves like a grisselinia, but a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. And it produces lovely pink white flowers from now right through until April or May. So it's a flowering hedge and very decorative and one you don't see too often. Beech, I particularly like myself lovely. as a hedge. Um, so it, it looks really good and it's very, very easy to trim. So for me, variegated grisselinia would be lovely. Um, variegated privet is quite good as well. The um, flowering hedge called Viburnum tinus, which flowers through the winter. Another nice flowering hedge, which would be in flower for May for this listener, is a plant called Berberus darwinii. It's uh, named after Darwin. Mm -hmm. And it's a plant, again, that retains its leaf in winter, 12 months of the year. It has beautiful orange flowers in April and May and a very, very decorative plant. And again, if the listener wants some shrubs for flowering in May, plants like Dutzias, flower in May in April, May sort of period. A very, very attractive plant. Wigelias will be flowering at that time of, of year as well and, and give stunning colour. So there's lots of really good plants that flower. Forsythiae would still be in flower in um, in May and the Berbus darwinii that I mentioned would also be flowering. So there's quite a lot of plants. There and again, sure. all of those can be planted at this time of year. Okay. Is there a weed killer in particular that will get rid of grass? Um, and Tommy also wondering if there are the Christmas potatoes are available in the store. They're all the gone. Moment. Gone. We mentioned okay. them last week we and I did say there was only a couple of packets left, but they're gone now, Tommy. They normally come into us in early August and, and tend to get snapped up very quickly. So um, they're gone for this year. Uh, it depends where the grass is growing, where Tommy wants to kill the grass. If it's just grass growing in a in a kind of a, a vegetable area or, or, or an area of the garden that you just want to get rid of the grass, then you can use the weed-free. Weed-free basically kills all weeds, including grass and broadleaf weeds without contamination the soil so you can apply it it works within seven days and then you can plant into that soil so if Tommy's interested in putting in some cabbage or or whatever at this time of year into that area or sowing some plants into it then weed free is probably the best one to use fantastic um it's my first year planting ground and climbing roses how do I look after them Okay, so the listener has obviously planted them. Mm. So if it's the ground covering rose, they're still in flower Mm -hmm. and roses will continue to flower for another six, seven weeks. They often flower up to Christmas. So my advice really is just give them a liquid feed or give them a granulated feed at this time of year. That's going to encourage some new growth and new flowers. So just enjoy the the colour at the moment. Deadhead the old flowers, take off any old flowers that might be on the plant and tidy them up and leave them well enough alone until probably the middle of November, early December. If they're still flowering, if the winter is quite mild, you can prune them at Christmas time. So flower carpet roses are generally pruned back, particularly young plants. I would prune them back in their first year to within six or eight inches of soil level. Right. So quite tightly back um, and leave them alone then till March, feed them and they'll be back into new growth again. The climbing roses with climbers, it's a matter of cutting back the side shoots. So you, generally climbers have three or four central stems mm. and then the side shoots are where the flowers are born. So you'd cut the heads back by about two feet. Right. So the long rods that go up the wall shorten them back by two feet and then all the side shoots they're pruned back within an inch of the main stem so in November early December after pruning you should be left with four or five stems main stems going up the wall probably four to six feet in height and all the side shoots pruned back quite tightly so you tidy them up back to the wall and you just leave that framework of branches for the new growth to come on then next spring. Okay, that'll help spread things out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And tie in the new branches as well. Okay. So continue to feed roses because there's plenty of colour yet to be got from them. Now, how do I save my poppy seeds over the winter? 
Okay, well, all seeds, and this is a good, great time of year for collecting seeds, and poppies in particular, like opium. It produces these mm. lovely little poppy heads, uh, quite distinctive. Um, so once they go a, a, a brownish, a dark green or brownish colour, you cut the main stem, you can take a little bit of the stem as well, and you put the poppy heads into a brown paper bag. Hang them up in the attic or in the shed, leave them until... January, February, so the seeds will actually mature and they'll fall out of the poppy heads into the paper bag. So you'll collect them in the paper bag and the seeds can be sown then of poppies any time from January, February for colour next summer again. And most, many of our um, flowering plants, you can collect the seed of things like English marigolds, cornflowers, you know, lots of our garden plants are producing seed, particularly the single flowering plants produce seed. You can collect them in brown paper bags and sow them then next spring indoors, of course, in a little bit of composting them get them started again okay um now you mentioned winter and spring flowering bulbs to plant now what types would be suitable for planting on a family grave something low that would flower february or march okay so if you want really low bulbs you're starting well christmas time you'd have winter aconites cyclamen are actually in flower at the moment and, and there are varieties of cyclamen that will flower in springtime as well so look for them they're they're fantastic and come back year after year so these aren't the little cyclamen plants that you buy in the garden centre you can buy a cyclamen corm or bulb um, so it's a roundish uh, flattish bulb you plant it at this time of year heterofolium is, is a very good variety hetero meaning ivy so it's like an ivy leaf mm-hmm. and it produces lovely pink flowers and they're truly hardy they come back year after year but they only grow four to six inches in height and would do brilliantly on graves because they're very, very tough and hardy. So that's cyclamen, heterofolium. Go into your local garden centre, ask them for some cyclamen bulbs rather than the plants. You can also grow winter aconites, which produce a beautiful bright yellow flower, a bit like a buttercup, but Mm -hmm. larger in December. You can plant, and January, this flower. You can plant snowdrops for January, February. You can have crocuses flowering February, March sort of of period. You can get dwarf anemones, which again only grow four inches in height, which are anemone blanda, which again will flower in March, April sort of period. So pop into your local garden centre. There's a a myriad of of, um, bulbs available at the moment, dwarf bulbs, dwarf daffodils like February gold, tate to tate. They all flower very, very early in the spring. Plant them in clusters, groups of fives or sevens, and most of those bulbs that I mentioned are perennial. They'll come back. Once planted, they'll come back year after year. And you can plant them with things like heather. So I brought you beautiful heather. I know know there's some bulbs as well. I brought some bulbs as well, but this heather would be particularly good. This is the garden girl's heather, which is in flower at the moment. But the bulbs would actually, if they're planted close to that, will peep up through that in the springtime. So you could plant bulbs like February Gold or Tate to Tate or Jetfire, which is a favourite of mine, Little Dwarf, Orange and Yellow Flowering Narcissi or Daffodil. Um, they'd be brilliant with heathers on the grave and would give you stunning winter colour from the heathers and yes. the bulbs would come in the come spring. spring. Yeah. Okay. And both would work really well together. Um, we're just comparing uh, plants that can survive out in tubs. Yeah. Uh, somebody is listening to us in Manchester. Good morning to you. Um, and the question is, um, can fuchsia be left out in tubs? So it depends on the variety of fuchsia. Yeah. So the, the or- ordinary fuchsia that you see growing wild, that's actually a Mediterranean plant. And, and then the, the uh, cold winters we had in 9 and 10, lots of them were kill back to ground level but they regrew again so lots of our fuchsias that we use in pots and containers that you buy in the garden centre like Dollar Princess and so on are semi-tender so my advice really is leave it in the pot for the winter cut it quite hard back to within again four inches from the top of the pot but also take some cuttings 
at this time of year because fuchsia roots really really simple mm. and again you're looking for small little cuttings about four or five inches long strip off the leaves take off the flowers a bit of rooting powder yada yada the same as, as the geranium and root those indoors just as a precaution because some varieties are a little bit um, more tender and can die and particularly Manchester would be, can be quite cold right. in winter time so um, they are on that semi-tender spectrum some varieties like the common uh, fuchsia that grows wild here in Ireland is obviously a lot hardier so my, as an insurance policy take it half a dozen cuttings root them indoors you've got them then and um, leave the mother plant as it were outside and it possibly will survive and you had a verbena that just did that didn't you? I did yeah year. well I see there's a question here about we'll, we'll tie it in I don't oh, know yeah. if, they're, if they're related or not I'm presuming they are of a similar family the verbena bonarensis bariensis, yeah. bariensis thank you in full flower in my garden the bees just love it I'm keen to have more for next year can I take slips or seeds from my own plants to start, start some more? Okay so that's that's a perennial variety of verbena boreensis grows roughly about a metre high it comes to us from South America uh, but it survives brilliantly here in Ireland and as the listener says it's a fantastic plant for bringing honeybees and butterflies into your garden it's full of nectar and makes a beautiful plant in a herbaceous border and it's fully hardy you can take cuttings from it mm-hmm. so it propagates from cuttings but it also propagates from seed and if anything in, in where it originated from it has actually become a bit invasive because right. the seeds, and people will see it in their own garden, little seedlings popping up over the winter kind of spring period from uh, verbena. So, um, yes, collect the seed exactly the way I mentioned with the poppies. You can, once they become brown, put them into a, a brown paper bag. The seed will fall into the bottom of the bag and you can sow it. It's so simple to grow. But it also propagates really easy from just small little slips at this time of year. Okay, um, And that's a, a faster way to... Get, to a, get, it. get get new plants, yeah, rather than waiting for the seed to germinate. But it, it can be sown from seed as well. Your variety of verbena, though, the red variety, yeah. which many people use in pots and containers, again is on that spectrum of being, if you get a cold winter, it dies. Yeah. So sometimes when you leave it out for the winter, it kind of dies back a bit, but it regrows again. That's what I found. Yeah, but it's been a mild winter. Last <laughs> I winter suppose was that was mild. it, yeah. And it was just, and I, I, when I planted it last year, I just thought it was going to be for, you know, a single a single year. year yeah. Um, which I think is generally maybe what they are when they're outside. But anyway, it did, yeah. It, so di- it died back and... Uh, I cut it back and I yeah. said, oh, sure, we'll see how it goes. And it came and again. It actually got beautiful flowers off of this yeah. year. And yeah. again, it's a plant that you can take small slips from if you want to keep it from year to year. Uh, but that's <laughs> not going to happen, we'll see, is it? We'll see what the, t- of the time uh, freshers are like. Uh, uh, we've got a photograph in here, Porik, from uh, somebody... Um, a plant they got from a friend in Cork, um, which is kind of uh, green and got red edges on it. And you tell us that's not the best plant to have in the garden. Well, it, it, like it's like anything. When is a plant a weed? And this plant is is oh. on, is, is one of these which <laughs> you can lose your friendship very quickly you over can. this plant. Oh, so God. this is a plant called Hutonia Joseph's Coat. So it's a, it's a perennial plant. It's herbaceous in nature, which means it dies back in the winter. When it comes in, it grows in the spring, it has these fantastic uh, colours of oranges, pinks, reds. It grows in height, about a foot in height, but it spreads. Right. And if you plant this in your garden, um, it, can, it can spread literally 
you know, a metre per year. And it can become quite invasive and it can become a bit of a problem. So I think the listener from the picture has got it in a pot Mm -hmm. and that's where to keep it. Because if this plant escapes into your garden, it spreads like wildfire. So it's called Teutonia, often sold as St. Joseph's Coat. Um, It's often sold as a pond plant because it'll actually live in water and will grow in water. Um, But my advice, if you have it in your garden, keep it in a pot, keep it confined because once it gets loose, you will not stop it. It just keeps on spreading. It it disappears completely in the winter and then re-emerges in the spring. A bit like mare's tail. It reminds me of mare's tail in terms of its vigour and its persistence and the way it spreads across gardens. So do be careful. And it's such a pretty plant when you see it in the pot in a pot because it's so colourful St. Yeah. Joseph's coat it's got that magical coat of colours um, oranges and, and thing and it's got a nice quite a nice white flower but in the garden it tends to spread so don't be plant, don't be tempted to plant it out keep it in that pot uh, keep the colour it will disappear in the spring in the winter and re-emerge in the spring so maybe plant some bulbs with it as well just to add a bit of colour to the pot but don't plant it in the garden soil Okay the, uh, we all g- going to stay with something of a similar nature uh, again of photographs that have been sent in a weed grow for approximately six years in my driveway. How do I get rid of yeah, it? Yes, so that's crow's foot. It's, mm. it's a broad-leaved weed, um, kind of rounded leaf. It's quite low. It's perennial in nature. Um, you need to use something, and this is the time of year, this is the point I was making about weeds, that they're more susceptible at this time of year because they're naturally dying back or they've been weakened by the fact of producing seed during the summer. So they're kind of at a vulnerable state. So again, if you apply something like the weed-free or an SBK brushwood killer onto that plant now, you'll kill it and control okay. it. And because it's on a driveway, it'll be very easy to do. So today would be an ideal to do, to do that a dry day, go out, add a little bit of washing up liquid to the mix and apply it onto the foliage. You may have to repeat it next spring, but that will see it off. So Weed Free three, 360 or the um, the SBK brushwood killer. Fantastic. Now, um, somebody's wondering about, this. Do, do we stock the old-fashioned pink roses with lovely smell that were in every garden years ago? Yeah, well, the, what did, the varieties, to well, the varieties to look for now are the David Austin roses, which are um, very similar to the old-fashioned roses. Some of the old varieties were very susceptible to mildews and black spot, but the more modern varieties, particularly the David Austin bread varieties, have that really heavy uh, double flower with that musky, uh, sweet rose mm. scent. Um, so look for those. There's lots of different varieties available, but the David Austin range, you get, um, you know, there's, there's one called Dorothy, which is really nice, or there's loads of different varieties, So and, and loads of different colours as well, but David Austin has bred them particularly for that sweet smell. And they grow like a shrub. You plant them in the garden, they grow like a shrub. Fantastic scent. Yeah, um, and yeah. fabulous colour, obviously. Beautiful, yeah. Really, really easy to grow. I have a tall money tree in my home. It's about four foot high now and needs a pruning. Can I use the cut stems to make more plants? And is this... T- the time to do it do I need to the rooting powder well for most cuttings it's advisable to, to use the rooting powder basically what that is it's a hormone rooting powder that stimulates the production of rooting cells on the stem so it's a little white powder it's cheap to buy and, and it lasts forever um, the money plant is the jade plant it's an indoor plant and many indoor plants can be propagated from cuttings so um, it'll actually grow from leaves from the leaf of the plant never mind the stem so it's very very simple to propagate again you're looking for short little stems strip off some of the leaves dip them in the rooting powder so my answer is yes you can those pieces that you prune from the jade or money tree you can uh, propagate again and, and that plant benefits from being cut back every couple of years because it tends to get a bit tall and heavy. It's a succulent so it tends to topple over. So pruning it back is 
is highly advisable. Now, uh, speaking of pruning back, when can I trim back my apple tree? I had lots of apples last year, but very few this year. And the tree is looking a bit wind damaged and leggy and looks like it could do with a good trim back, tidy, but not sure when is the best time to do okay, it. Okay, so, and this often happens with apples and pears and plum trees. If you get a heavy crop in one year, the tree will, 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 will stop producing for one year and produce lots of new growth. So it automatically triggers itself into producing lots of healthy new growth. Um, so there's nothing wrong with the plant as it were. Um, I would leave the pruning for another couple of weeks, wait until the leaves fall off the tree in early November because you'll be able to see the tree better at that time of year. And really what you're looking to do is shorten back any new growth it made this year. So most apple trees produce between two feet and two and a half feet in growth. So you're shortening those stems back by up to 18 inches or up to two feet. So you're taking about 18 inches to two feet off the top of the apple tree. Any crossing branches are removed, any dead branches are removed, or if there are any any heavy central branches, they could be removed as well. But the time to prune apples is the middle of November, once they go out a leaf. And my advice is once you prune them, give them a treatment of winter wash, which removes any bugs and diseases off the plant as well. So it's kind of a cleansing uh, treatment that you can give to apple trees and fruiting plants in November once you've pruned them. Okay, great. Um, Somebody wondering, uh, they have a rose bush, it has spots all over it. Uh, Wondering how do they treat it? A spotty rose. My advice is not to do anything with it at the moment. I mean, roses, as I said, will flower for another six to eight weeks. And um, look, you probably have a little bit of black spot on it. It's kind of the horse has galloped at this stage. My advice really is feed it, deadhead it, let it flower. And then once it's gone out of flower in November, prune it back as normal. But next spring, get the rose rescue and the rose clear on early in the season. So you want to be putting on as soon as they come into leaf in March and apply that once a month and you won't have any black spot or mildew on the plants. Okay. My calla lilies haven't flowered yet. Do you think they will? Am I doing something wrong? I brought, bought them at Bloom and they were lovely last year. I took them to a shed for winter, put them in, uh, overwinter them there and then fed them in the spring and now I've lots of foliage but I've no flower. And they're calla lilies. So, so we're told. Well, if they're calla lilies, there's no need to lift them in the winter. Um, calla lilies are perfectly happy to grow out of doors and actually love our west of Ireland moist climate. Even the short varieties are perfectly hardy out of doors. So I think you disturb them and you set them back because calla lilies will normally flower around the time of, of bloom, kind of late June, July, early August sort of period. They're not going to... Well, you, might, you may get some flower yet. They're worth leaving. But my advice really is to leave them alone. You can give them certainly a little bit of feed like a rose feed or a high potash feed and I think you're going to be playing for next year but don't lift them. Leave them alone. Let them die back naturally. You can put a little bit of compost over the top of the area for the winter and they'll re-emerge in the spring again. So I think you've actually disturbed them. Um, you set them back by lifting them and, and storing the bulbs. There's absolutely no need. They're perfectly hard, hardy out of doors and calories will actually tolerate quite a heavy wet soil as well. They're often grown in ponds or on the edge of ponds so they're they're very tolerant right. of our w- w- winter conditions so my advice really is leave them alone put a mulch over them in the winter and enjoy them next summer they'll come back into flower for you uh, somebody <clears throat> wondering if it's possible to have soil uh, samples checked my vegetable plot didn't do well this year well you can get you can in your local garden centre you'll be able to 
buy a soil testing kit. Right, they were just. I think they were wondering where you do you do them directly no, yourselves. No, we don't do. I don't. We don't do any soil testing. But you can buy the little kits. We have the kits in the garden centre, and that will check for N, P, and K, the main elements. It'll also check for lime con, uh, elements in in your soil as well. And um, you just simply put a sim- small sample of soil into the test tube, add some water, and the colour tells you the levels of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, which are the key elements that most vegetables need. So yes. brassicas, for example, cabbage and elite, high degrees of nitrogen in the soil. So you can get it tested, but you can test it yourself. Okay, great. So there's a little kit you can get. testing yeah. Uh, Camporic recommends some plants that would suit in a wet area of the garden. It's not waterlogged, but it's slow to drain. Okay, well... Calla lilies. Okay, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Would do really well. Um, plants like hostas love that kind of, of, of uh, heavy soil. There's a plant called Ligularia, which has beautiful uh, bright yellow flowers in summer. So many of the herbaceous plants will actually do quite well, like like hostas, like the Ligularia. Um, astilbes like a heavy wet soil. Um, hydrangeas <laughs> tend to do well, you know, depending on, on you know, if it, as, as the listener says, mm. it doesn't get waterlogged, but it retains water. Um, in terms of trees, you've got things like alder that do really well. Hazel does very well in, in wet soil. All the varieties of willow. So if the listener maybe took a couple of pictures of the garden and sent them in, I'll, I'll give them more specific advice maybe on, on terms of exactly the plants to put in there. But there are quite a lot of plants that will tolerate. Dogwoods, the Cornus family, and they produce lovely red or orange or yellow stems. They tolerate wet conditions as well. So there's quite a number of plants that will tolerate heavy wet soil. Okay, just one or two more, Porrick, I'm afraid, Tom, against us. I'm living in Wexford. I have a big hedge, but the end is burned. Is there anything that can bring back the green? Now, I'm not really indication as to what kind of a hedge it is. Okay, well, that's... Uh, yeah, could, <laughs> any chance we could find out do, about it yeah. maybe if, and we'll, if we'll it's address a conifer, that. If it's a conifer and it's gone brown, then the, the, the plant is dead and you're going to need to replant place and that can be a root disorder but yeah if it, send it in whatsapp take a picture take on your it. phone send it into oh it's oh eight seven nine hundred yeah and and we'll have a look at it and we'll answer it on next week's program fantastic um when you cut the lawn can you put the zero on straight away yes you can yeah is no it, problem is it okay a couple of quick fire questions here now for your work is it okay to use bug clear on cabbage make sure it's the bug clear that's specifically for fruit and vegetables so it's in a green box that's the one to use. It's safe, very, very safe to use. Is it the right time to take cuttings from laurel? Yeah, a good time to take cuttings. Laurel cuttings can be taken a bit longer, about a foot long, can strip the leaves and they can be rooted out of doors in a small trench in the garden. Uh, I'm loath to say this one. Do you cut back hydrangea now? Well, they're still in flower at the moment, so I mean, don't cut them back. The the macrophylla varieties, those are the big heads, they're better pruned kind of in early spring time. The varieties, the paniculata, the phantom that we talked about last week, they're pruned kind of November time once they go out of flower. But they're still in bloom at the moment, so leave them alone. Leave them alone. Yeah. Okay. And can we just give the name of that plant uh, where the listener got it from their friend in Cork at St. Joseph's? Oh, it's called Hutonia. Yeah. Don't ask me to spell it. It's, no, I think okay. it's, it's H-O-T-T. Y-A-N-I-A something like that Hutonia cordata but it's often sold as St. Joseph's coat um, and it's you'll know if you have it in the garden because it only grows about a foot or 15 inches in height it's highly coloured 
looks quite pretty but spreads like mad so always grow it in a pot is my advice Okay lovely we're going to have to leave it there there's a picture of a lily looking pretty shook we'll do- deal with that next week next on the programme well, if that's, that's yeah, okay that's no thank you very much indeed more information anyway on my website horkins.ie Okay lovely stuff thank you very much for all of that this morning we're back again next Saturday so if we didn't get to your question today we'll try and address it on the programme again next week and you can remind us on next Saturday morning of that uh, Do stand by Michael Neary is coming your way next here on Midwest Radio on the Saturday morning. The very best in country right through until one o'clock this afternoon. I'm back again next Saturday after seven. Until then, have yourselves a great weekend. Good morning to you.